I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Wednesday. Tiger Woods is all over the news, rightfully so. Thankfully, he looks to be generally okay. We're going to open the show with a different take on Tiger and what he means. Speaking of another all-time great, this is a franchise, the New England Patriots. Who's going to be their quarterback next year? The second favorite, Jimmy G. The first favorite, Marcus Mariota. A lot of controversy in the NBA All-Star Game. Devin Booker, should he have made it? Shouldn't he? We'll discuss it. And we've got a bet that allows you to make money potentially on the snub. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, I'm RJ, live in Las Vegas, live on a Wednesday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. In studio, third straight day, Steve Fezzik. Sports bettors listen for the money, sports fans to know more than their bodies. So, how does it feel working three straight days, Steve? I mean, this is different for you. Let's be candid. Well, you're correct. I was working. Oh, I guess I guess I was thinking you <laughs> I, I, you were going to work Monday, but then we saved you from that catastrophe. <laughs> so this is actually now you've worked one day, and we're already discussing about how much you're working. <laughs> yes. Does that bother you? Not at all. So you would like the re- if you could have the reputation. He's talented, but he does as little as possible. I'm working on my son's birthday, RJ. Uh, well, no, listen. There's all—it's always somebody's birthday. <laughs> it's always somebody. Now it's interesting when you're around gamblers. You never know. There's always. Would you agree? There's often mysterious people around. Like some guy shows up. He whispers in someone's ear. He's handed a, an envelope and he disappears all the time. It, you usually don't bring that around pregame around the show. But someone came in and said, "Play this drop at the beginning if you bust on Fez about his work." Uh, ethics, I guess. Ethic, yeah. Your work ethic. I don't even know what it is, but I'm going to play it because the guy was kind of scary. Let's see. I've paid all the dues. I'm going to pay. Yeah. You paid all the dues. So you're saying you're done paying dues. I'm just happy to be compared to Ric Flair. Again, I don't fully understand it all. (laughs) We're going to start with Tiger Woods. One of the things we pride ourselves on, on Straight Out of Vegas, is we talk about the things we're expert at. I might have a turn of phrase now and again, but I understand that there's some things I have a history with, I have an expertise proven, and then there's many other things I don't. I might have opinions, they might be sharp opinions, but it's not what I'm a professional at. And to me, it's one of the things that is worst about talk radio. I'm not talking about any show, I'm certainly not talking about FSR specifically. I love FSR, I really do. But in general, in this industry, if you don't have an opinion, it feels lukewarm. What do you think about, you know, I always tease Jonas. Jonas is like the, he's back tomorrow, the anti-hot take guy. It's like, 
in pre-production, he might have a hot take, and then I'll ask him about it. All ready for him, you know, teeing it up. He'll be like, "Well, you know, it's possible that because he ne- he he wants to be right." And to me, I love that. Uh, that that he wants to be right, you know. Really, if I was building a talk show host, a sports talk host, I would say you don't care. You should be have amnesia about being right or wrong. It should be hot take today, and you know what? You change it the next day, be just as adamant about it. You know, the opposite. And you've seen that where they will have people, the famous people, that they're arguing against themselves because they've taken both sides. Now you can say, and I think rightfully so, that. As new information comes, you know, the old example is I got kings. Pre-flop, I'm feeling great and hold them. Ace comes up on the flop, all of a sudden, I hate my hand, right? Or I don't, I don't like it at minimum. Is it, would it be consistent? Would there be integrity for me to keep loving the kings? No. But that would involve me saying I thought one thing, something happened, and you know what? That something happened shows me I was wrong and we can debate, is it wrong or is it randomness? Oftentimes you're wrong, and new information shows you. Fezzer was multiple examples. You weren't in on the show Friday, uh, Monday, as you said, and you listened to me and said, damn, RJ's right about Brooklyn, right? Last week you thought I was wrong. Yeah, last week I was like, Harden, come on. Kyrie thinks the world is flat. These guys aren't winning the championship, and I have come 360 so you were degrees, wrong 180. I was wrong. It wasn't some new information. It was you thought about it from a different perspective. But the ability to keep asking yourself that question is a great asset. Exactly. I mean, we could make another case. Is the same thing with the Utah Jazz. I liked the Jazz. You didn't. And weekend of reflection, and you decided you were what? I'm on the Jazz now. And you were what? I was anti-Jazz. You were what? Wrong. I was wrong. Wrong. <laughs> wrong. For everyone... Uh, Below 50 years old, he's doing a Fonzie <laughs> reference right there, if you can imagine it, from Happy Days. I'm R.J. Fowler, straight out of Vegas. That's Steve Fezzik, who has hair sort of like the Fonz. So it's, it's really complicated, because on one hand, you want integrity of your perspective. On the other hand, your perspective sometimes changes. I think the trick is you got to say, I'm wrong. Okay. Now, all that said, I think there's a way to have an opinion on something without having an opinion on the big thing. So I'll give you an example. We're going to talk about Dak Prescott a little bit later. And the point I'm going to make is that economics dictate football. Money, dollars and cents dictates football from the last snap of the Super Bowl to the first snap of the season. That once the season starts, there's very little movement in the NFL. I mean, it's occasionally so you don't have to really wonder what the cap position is in week three of a team. The team is what it is. So if you want to be blissfully uh, ignorant or uninformed or unbothered by the dollars and cents, because one of the beauties of sports is it's a game. It's fun. It's an escape. Yeah. You know, there's a podcast I just started dabbling in uh it's called The Rights to Ricky Sanchez, and there's some guys in Philly. They, they seem to be accomplished guys, and they just love the Sixers. They just love them. And they come on after every game and will break down, like, the eighth bench guy, what he did in the third quarter, and he did that one thing behind the back they don't like. It's like, imagine a group watching, two of them, every play of the Sixers and then critiquing it. 
And it's become, you know, fairly popular as far as I can see. They were on the Zach Lowe podcast when I heard them. And it was like, I can't, I'm not going to listen to that every day. But after, because I'm not a Sixers guy, but after big games, after the 50 from Embiid Friday, I wanted to hear what they said. And they said that was the best Embiid had played any time. That was the best game of his career, of his life. I'm thinking, all right, I take that pretty seriously. Then after the Toronto win yesterday, they said that was the worst passing game they'd ever saw from Embiid. Now, I would have never thought to know that. So it's good specialization, right? And it's good passion on their part. What you can do, though, it seems, as a national host, is you can say, like with Dak, I don't know if they should sign him for this amount. I don't know if it should be 33 or 36 or 40, because I don't have a great feel for that. But what I know is it's all about the money. And it's not all about the money from week one to the Super Bowl. It might be in hindsight, like, oh, we got this guy because we got a good deal. But you can just, you don't care. You know the team. You can ignore all that. But this time of year, if you're ignoring the salary cap, especially this year, the salary cap's down from 185 to about 180 million. And usually the cap has gone up, up, up. So there's a lot of people that are going to be shockingly cutting people and, and, and playing on the cheap because they're in such a bad cap situation. The Steelers, and that's what's driving this Big Ben discussion. It's not how bad he was last year. It's how bad he was plus the $41 million hit. Right? The Saints, bad cap situation, big time. Part of Philly decision this year uh, to trade Wentz was a cap issue, even though they're still taking the biggest cap hit, dead money hit ever. And all I'm a finance guy. I graduated with a finance degree. I enjoy that conversation. I can do that well, better than most. But I'm not always going to have a take on everything, but I'm going to try to give you something unique about and something others aren't talking about, about every major story in sports. Fez, I would say to you, and we joke about I'm right, you're right, whatever. I mean, I'm more right, but yeah. Yeah. The, you, do, you really haven't in the offseason thought about the cap numbers all that much. I have not. And I, I mean, just generally over the years. I haven't. I love your idea of it's basically like a corporation. We set a budget, right? So all these NFL teams, eh, the cap's been going up each and every year. So, Significantly. Right. So uh, before COVID, they're like, all right, we're going to project. Maybe it's going to go up 8% here in 2021. Uh-oh, it's going it's gonna to go down. That's a major problem, and you got to slash expenses. Now, just like a business, and let's use the analogy as a small business, that's Steve Fezzik, I'm RJ Bell, we're straight out of Vegas, is you can put it on the credit card. And that can happen at the highest level. Some would say the Fed is has been pumping for a long time a lot of cheap money into the system to, to avoid a recession. But you know what it's like? Imagine if you got the beginnings of the flu and you're thinking, oh, I got a big day tomorrow. I'm going to crush up some caffeine. <laughs> I knew a guy back in high school used to, they called them 357s. You'd go to 7-Eleven, get 357s, crush them up, and this dude would snort them. They'd like pick himself up. It was like pure caffeine. <laughs> and it was like, we're like 15. Like, wow, what's going on there? I think I saw that on a movie. And I tell you, he had a lot of energy that night. But you know what? It hurts you in the long run if you artificially jack yourself up because you got to rest. Your body's telling you rest. The economy's saying it's time to contract. And we're saying, no, take this shot. Doctor, feel good. And it's like, 
Okay, when does the price come? I don't know about the economy. That's a trillion-dollar kind of thing. I know the Saints have been playing for one last year for a lot of years. And though there's uh, rumors that Breeze is going to Come back now. I mean, like, really? I mean, 25%. I'm hearing serious people say they say it doesn't make sense. He hasn't announced it after. So, at minimum, it would seem he's having second thoughts. But I don't think it makes a lot of sense because though Breeze wouldn't hurt their cap all that much, it's just like the cap's in trouble. They've had their chance. So, economics matter in football. All right. At least between the season, you know, in the offseason. So, let's swing it around the Tiger. This is my one take on Tiger, and it's this. One, obviously, as humans, we are happy he's alive. I don't care if I hated Tiger or loved him. You want him to be alive. Obviously, if you love him, you're going to care even more. Great. I think one of Colin Cowherd's great contributions to radio, to sports talk, is he understood the icon before most. Most of the talk show guys back in the day were like, I don't understand why people love him so much. you know. And it's like... That's the point. Icons, you don't fully understand it. There's something about it. You know, Michael Jordan, in my opinion, was the best player of all time. But how much better was he than Barkley? Maybe, let's just be like so optimistic and say 20% better. Mm -hmm. But he was 50 times more famous. How does 20% equal 50 times more famous? Anna Kornikova was never, I don't think, even in the top seven or eight in the world, Though she was very good at what she did. She was taught in the teens. But she is so much more famous than all of the, other than Serena, all the top 10 today. Why? Well, in that case, you could say it's sexuality. But there's not a lot of pretty girls, pretty women. So it had to be something else. And that's the thing. If you could bottle icon, iconic, and sell it, it'd be worth billions. It is billion. No one, even the smartest CAA this or agent that or PR firm Y, they can't figure it out either because if they did, they would manufacture stars. And you know what happens when they try? It always is worse. Hmm. It's, all, it's, it's a robo quarterback. It just never works. There's, there's a magic formula. Tiger had that magic formula, and it affects people in a way that is irrational. When I hear about people who talking about that their life and tigers are have moved in lockstep and you know they're somehow spiritually connected it doesn't make a ton of sense to me but you know what for a lot of people it doesn't make a ton of sense to go into a church with the stained glass and kneel and talk up to the sky but for some people it's the most important thing in their lives anyone that's judging any of that look inside at some of the things you <laughs> probably doesn't make sense to a rational person on the outside I think we all, the good people, accept other people's irrationality, but the idea that an icon is almost a secular religious figure, because whatever you feel for any religious figure, you never met that person, right? I can read about Jesus in the Bible. I never, I don't know what Jesus was like. You know about as much about Tiger Woods. And you know what? He could be genius behind the scenes, uh, oh, Jesus behind the scenes. I never thought of that. Connect genius, Jesus, right? Is... Or he could be the worst the other way. I don't know. You don't know. We know what we've seen glimpses of, and we've seen good glimpses and bad, but it affects some people some ways, and it's not rational, but it fits with a lot of other things in life, and I can see why it was so powerful for most people, or many people, yesterday. (laughs) 
All right, when we come back, we're getting to what we know best, sports batting. Fez, let's do this. We got a best bat today. It's a rare thing. It's a best bat that you and I both came to independently. I don't, I'm not sure that's ever happened in the NBA, and I think this is going to move, so we're going to lead off the next segment with an early special best bet. When we come back, we are straight out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm R.J. Bell, and I'm, we are straight out of Vegas. Jonas Knox back tomorrow in studio, second straight day. Steve Fezzik, we got a best bet coming up from Fez. An early one, because this baby's moving. And when we put it out, it's going to be like pouring gasoline on a fire. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audience has doubled in the last year plus. We thank you so much for the support, and we promise we're going to try our best every day through March Madness and beyond to give you the best show we can, the best perspective from Vegas. All right, Faz, during the break, you were talking about Tiger, and you're like, uh, I've, got a, I've got an insight. I think it's, you know, it's, a, it's an actual emotion I'm having, so it's unusual. How many emotions <laughs> would you say you have in a week? Well, there's greed. Yeah. Well, that's just pervade. That's like a low hum. <laughs> Maybe five. Five or so. I think that's what I would have guessed. Okay, so this is rare, but I think it makes the point. So we're going to get the best bet in a second. You said, and let's do, uh, I'll give you 18 seconds to talk about this. You said you had a feeling about Tiger. Go. Yeah, I loved how competitive Tiger was with the fist pumping. He clearly wanted to win, and he wore his emotions on his sleeve, and he wanted to make his opponents uncomfortable. All of his other opponents, you know, very polite to each other. I love that Tiger was different. That's the point. That was just another projection. You thought Tiger was showing the truth, but he was showing some other part. It was some element of the truth inside of him. Was it the whole truth? Mm. Was he pulling girls from out that was on the rope line from you know from the diner? He wouldn't and, and celebrating with them. That was the truth too, wasn't it? It was. And to me, the icons generally are mysterious. Bob Dylan, great Nobel laureate, my favorite musician. Dylan is a mystery. You ask 100 people why they love Dylan, you're going to get 100 different answers. He is a container to project your feelings into. Most icons are. America is. Religion is. Oftentimes, now, for many people, religion is genuine, and they go beyond that. That It's, it's, it's circular in a way, and it, it fills up their life. I've, my mom goes to church. She's a type that, that Sunday's not enough. Roman Catholics, she'll, Wednesday Mass, Wednesday morning Mass. Catholics out there understand what I'm talking about. That's another level. And the Godfather, Kay, actually would go with Mama Corleone. And Kay, you know, Kay wasn't Catholic. And it was like, why do you go to church so much? He goes, to pray for my husband's soul. <laughs> and then at the end of the Godfather book, that was the last scene in the book. She was in church. Like, she was now part of it. All right, which the door closing was great in the movie, but they had one last scene in the book. Great book. Godfather's a, the best movie, I think, but it's a rare book that's usually almost everyone likes the movie over the book. Now, smart people try to say they like the book more, 
And usually if a book is really good, it, the movie's hard to make. Right? Usually the books that are, make great movies aren't great books. Not always, but sometimes, or mostly. I think The Godfather has a lot of insight both ways, the movie and the book. So, in general, Tiger makes people, made people, makes people feel like he's different in a way that they like. And to me, that's at least the beginning of what makes an icon. Obviously, I don't have the formula. I don't think anyone does. I think it just happens. I'm RJ Bell straight out of Vegas. All right, Fez, we got a pick. We're going to leverage the all-star snub. Devin Booker, I think unequivocally, was the most contentious leave-off. Who else do you think was in the, the competition for that? And Mackenzie, you can jump in, too, if you'd like, NBA expert and also in research. Go ahead, Fess. I think Trey Young of Atlanta would be the only other one that really even would be of note, you know, that got left off. Mackenzie? Demonte Sabonis, he's kind of an under-the-radar guy that NBA heads love. All right, all right. Here's one thing I'll say about this. Trey Young, all offense. So if you're kind of, you know— I was growing up in the 90s. I actually used to watch, this is going to sound so outdated, the CNN sports broadcast. There was the, everyone loved the ESPN and, you know, the chicks dig the long ball and all that stuff. And it was like, man, that seems a little facile to me. It's a little too surface. And then you had, uh, I think it was Nick Charles and Earl Van Wright or Earl Van something. And they did a more sober recitation of the sports. So, <laughs> I'm not sure that's you know a great thing to admit, but I just tell the truth. But in general, the the people who are like sports is too f- much flash. I want the, the 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 guys who got the grit and the they they know how to win. Well, let's think about this for a second. Chris Paul or Devin Booker, which one's flash and what which one is he does what's necessary to win. Well, Devin Booker's flash. Yeah, yeah. Chris Paul is a winner. Now, it's funny. A winner's never made the uh, championship, you know, even round. But still, he does improve these teams. So, if you think about Trey Young versus anyone that was there because Trey Young's ESPN, right, back in the 90s. And who's CNN back in the 90s? (laughs) Everybody else. So, in a way, someone's got to be left off. Meaning we could debate adding more roster spots, but at the current criteria for All-Stars, you're going to pick a certain number of them. The fans pick a number. Coaches pick a number. It seems like to me this year it's been more analytics-driven. It's been less flash, which in a way I think should be celebrated. Mackenzie, do you agree with that? Absolutely. I think it shows you how much the NBA has changed in the last 10 years. It used to be the guy leading your team in points. That's the guy. Now I think people are a little more sophisticated taking in the NBA. Yeah. So in a way, I do want to celebrate this. And I appreciate, you know, listen, Chris Paul's been discarded. He's been, you know, he's an afterthought. Remember, he was traded for Westbrook. You know, is anyone questioning the relative value of those two right now? Right. Westbrook didn't make the all-star. Sure. (laughs) Or even close, right? All right, so that said, Devin Booker has a complaint. How are you getting at it, Fez? So we're going to play Devin Booker over 27 points tonight. So it's the game's tonight. Yes. They're playing. Charlotte. And over under 27. I came to the same conclusion. Here was my concerns, though. Number one, he averages 24.7 points a game, so a little less than 25. So now you're talking 27. Is this already built into the number? 
I'm going to argue it is. And the question is motivation, mm-hmm. the, the big, you know, FU tour, kind of the Aaron Rodgers condensed into a night kind of thing. I'm going to argue it isn't, and here's why. During the past month, we have seen Booker playing and scoring more. He's averaged just under 27 points during February. So this number at 27 is pretty much matching what he's been putting up on average each night during this month. I think it's a great point. I really do. Now, if you look at the teams, their average scores, their average totals are right about league average. So Charlotte's right a smidge under. So in general, this has some of it built in. And in fact, it's moved. If you would have bet this early, 26. Now it's 27 over points tonight, Devin Booker. I still think there's value. And there's one little reason I think there's extra value. Chris Paul made the team. Now, what's he going to try to do today? Ah, I I like that. He's going to get the ball to Booker. He's going to give Booker celebration. If I could, I don't know, what would the odds be over 40 points? Like normal distribution on it. Like plus 320. Yeah, I would like to go over 40, like plus 350. I mean, I think this could be a monster today. Now, listen, there's no short things. There's not even close. I think this is a good 60% bet, and that's rare. A pro better is trying to win 55%. But here's the thing. These few, uh, prop markets, they are illiquid, which means there's just not a ton of betting on them. You can't go bet 50000 on this. No one can. What's the most, if you said, Fez, I, or if you said, RJ, I really love this. I'm going to get down the max I can at the current number, meaning you can keep betting as it goes up. But first crack around the horn, you got 29 outs. How much can you get down on this game? All right, so 300 to 500 per out means maybe I can accumulate 10,000 if I spend. And that would be like making like 25 bets. Yeah, spend like half an hour doing nothing but looking him up at each and every book. Yes. Don't you have people for that? I'm RJ Bell straight (laughs) out of Vegas. Or are you in waste management? I consult. (laughs) I always get confused. Okay, so let's make it official. Over Devin Booker, over 27. If you like it, I would bet it now. And the rationale being, this is a rat. Well, one, we just put it out, right? I mean, a lot of people are listening. Number two, it's a real rational case. And would you agree, Fez, when there's something that you don't think everyone's going to see, but there's a narrative bet like this, early is better. A lot of people aren't even up yet. A lot of people haven't started thinking about it. They're eating lunch and saying, you know something, Devin Booker might be looking to really give an F you tonight. And then they bet it, and it starts momentum Obviously, we would have rather went over 26 earlier, but in general, I think a narrative bets early is a good thing. Yeah, I call these the good story bets, the good story that makes sense. So here's a case the pros are going to bet it and the public's going to bet it. Try to get to it as early as possible. I'm RJ Bo, straight out of Vegas. All right, McKenzie does a lot of good work in the NBA. We've got a lot of NBA topics. I'm going to let him do dealer's choice. What do you think is the NBA topic of the day? Now, here's what I'm going to do. I didn't plan on asking him this, but I kind of want to see what he can do in the spur of the moment. But additionally, I I wanted to give him a second to think about it. So, Mackenzie has a theme song. So, I'm going to play about 10 seconds of that as he's pondering. I'm a lotto, an albino, a mosquito, my libido. What's your answer? LeBron James, since he won his first MVP in 2009, has been a made man in the NBA. Tonight is the fourth time since that time, so 12 years, where he's catching more than nine points. The market thinks this jazz is something special. Wow, that's good. All right, so let's think about this now. 
This isn't LeBron's teams. It's LeBron's teams with LeBron playing, correct? Yes, correct. All right. And we are going back to 2010. Yes. And, and when, in the NBA, when it's like this season was 2021, when you say 10, is it the second year that, when the title's decided? Yes. Okay. So we're going back there, and it's tw- counting this season at 12 seasons. This will be the 13th. 13th season. Okay. And you're saying how many times? And tonight the line is Utah what? Plus nine. I mean, uh, minus nine. Yeah, so Utah at home, a nine-point favorite, almost a double-digit. Now, wait a minute. This is the Utah Jazz that last week, when I recommended them, they were 12-1 to one to win the title. Now, I get that AD. Now, how much is AD worth? Four points. All right. So, I'm going to do a little quick math here. Nine minus four is five. Is that You got that? Yes. Okay. Home court advantage for Utah is two? Maybe? Yeah. A little yeah. bit more because of altitude? Yeah. No? Okay. So that means Utah's better by more than AD's worth. Yes. So Utah's the better team. Oh, yes. When last week people thought, all I heard last week was, oh, yeah, um, uh, yeah Utah's a regular season team, uh, you know, kind of like the Atlanta Hawks a couple years ago. What, what's changed? The fact they lost to the Clippers? <laughs> The fact that what's changed for you because you were in that blah, 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 group. I, I went back and I was like, oh, Utah was only a number six seed last year, and I looked at it and I was like, you know what? They went three and five in the bubble to finish the regular season, and if they would have gone five and three, they would have been a three seed. They were better last year than their final so, seed indicated. So the six months since that, you didn't have a chance to look at the bubble to just not. <laughs> hey, you've paid your, you've paid all the dues you're going to pay. <laughs> I mean, I think we got a theme here. I'm RJ Bo straight out of Vegas. So to wrap up, McKenzie is what you're telling me is how many times have, has a LeBron team been this big of an underdog during this now 13 years? This will be the fourth time in the last 13 years. So three other times, and now this is LeBron being disrespected by the market. And you know what? I'm guessing Golden State was pretty involved in, in those games. Yep. How many times? Uh, just, just one of those three. All right, and what were the other t- opponents? Uh, he, he was catching 13 and a half versus the Clippers back in 2009. Go ahead. And he was also uh, last March or two marches ago against the Raptors catching 10. Okay. That's interesting. So three times. And it kind of feels like this time. Now we know AD's out, but LeBron's in. And this line is telling us literally beyond debate, the market today thinks even a fully healthy Lakers team is, at least in the regular season. And why do I make that distinction? Because effort is intermittent in the regular season. Utah is more consistent with their effort. The Lakers are a team that isn't as consistent, even if their players are playing. In the, in the playoffs, if these two played right now and AD was healthy, the Lakers, are, are they Lakers' favor? Yeah. Well, you know something? You think so? Think so? So this is all about the Utah plays hard every night and the Lakers don't, even if people are playing. Yes. All right. Even so, only the fourth time in 13 seasons LeBron's been this big of an underdog ever in all those seasons. It's pretty amazing. We'll- Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. LeBron tonight, by the way, over under 29 points. On the season is year-to-date 26, so obviously his MVP tour or attempted MVP tour continues. We expect more usage out of LeBron, 29 over under. No opinion for me on that one, 
but Devin Booker over 27, best bet from Fez quickly. You know, I like under 29 here, and part of the reason this could become a blowout. If so, LeBron may not play in the fourth quarter. Yeah, LeBron's got a narrative now. When he keeps saying, I'll go to work, I put on the chin strap. I don't know. I think it, that'd be good for him, but, you know, down 20, still playing hard, meaning good for his brand. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about. Big Ben, I think everyone's getting it wrong. I'll just keep it that simple. People are getting this wrong, and the criticism of the Steelers is wrong. Steelers, Big Ben, and more NFL talk when we come back. We are straight out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. R.J. Bell, we are straight out of Vegas. Steve Fezzik joins back tomorrow. Jonas Knox. Jonas would typically do this. Yeah. Ted Baxter style. Oh, dating myself again. All right, Fez. We were just talking during the break. We disagree big on something. So I'm going to go real quick on the other thing so we can debate this. Wow. All right. One, let's talk Big Ben. Here's the mistake with Big Ben. And Colin was pretty hard on the Steelers today. Now, one, let's ask ourselves something. We can say the Steelers had glory days in the 70s. They were the team of the decade. All right, that's the easy part. I would say maybe the best team sent. I you can tell how much I like the Patriots or appreciate their success. Until the Patriots, I would have said Steelers are the best team in the Super Bowl era, meaning that run of six years. Patriots have exceeded that, especially in the free agency era. But still, great Steelers. But I would make the case, you could make the case, Pittsburgh was the second most successful team of this century. Right? I think the only conversation is Pittsburgh and Green Bay. And I, now I think about it, I'm not even sure it's a conversation. It isn't. Baltimore maybe is in the conversation, but not really. No. And what? Seattle? Who else is even in the conversation? Yeah, you've I'm got, talking about over a 20-plus year period. I don't think anyone else is. So think about it. If you have an organization that's the best of the 70s, then 20 years passes that weren't great. I lived through them, I promise you. Bobby Brister, let me just say that, two words. Then, <laughs> even Neil O'Donnell. But then you hit this century, and you're one of the at minimum five best teams and, and better. It's hard to say, you know, it's an institutional fault. If only they didn't look backwards. This isn't a choice between Cotton Big Ben for nothing, meaning that he's not owed anything, bye-bye, and paying him 40-plus million or renegotiating it. The first one's not an option. You can't just cut him. There's a huge cap hit. It's humongous. How much is that cap hit, McKenzie, if they cut him? Uh, 21 million. 22 right. million. So the question is, is he worth 18 million? The sunk cost is the 22. This is Finance 101. The sunk cost is 22. You've got to spend that anyway. Is Big Ben worth 18 million? Well, let me tell you this uh, Marcus Mariota, as a backup, made 9 million last year with a ton of incentives. Right? He didn't reach them, but they had a ton. I mean, is Big Ben? Now, I get it. You could say at the end of the year, he was so bad. Was he so bad? He threw for 500 yards the last game. I get some of that. Much of that was fluff. He still had the ability to throw for 500 yards in a playoff game. Is he worth $18 million? Because that is what you are deciding on. Dump him for 22, keep him for 40. And they're going to actually make it less than 18 because they're going to you know, push it down the road a little bit. 
Yeah, and that's right about the right number. Twenty million is what Big Ben would be worth. I've got my number nineteen quarterback. So let's say it's an even call. They don't have a backup. We know it's not. I mean, they don't have anyone in waiting. Maybe he wouldn't be worth it if they had someone in waiting. But mm. additionally, it's it, it it is now the tiebreaker minimum should be loyalty. Do you really yes. want Big Ben mad? Like Terry Bradshaw has been mad with the Steelers ever since he left. Do you really want? Maybe in my opinion, now Big Ben was a better quarterback than Terry Bradshaw. I I grew up with twelve jerseys. All right. Big Ben is the best Steeler quarterback ever. It's a close call, eighteen million effectively to keep him or not. Why wouldn't you? And I'm not saying the answer is clear. I think it is actually, but to act like the Steelers are just goofy, like they're dumb. They're yeah. all right. I'm RJ Bo straight out of Vegas. All right, Fez. Last thing, and we only got a minute or two. I have to pick this up. Is Colin believes. The Eagles will finish last in the NFC East. I agree with them. I agree. You disagree. You got 60 seconds to make your case. I think the Giants are going to finish last. Well, that's not a case. Go ahead. The bottom line with the Eagles is that Carson Wentz. Yeah, someone has to finish last, if not the Philly. Carson Wentz played so badly last year, and the Eagles suffered so many injuries that I expect the team to be healthier. And although Wentz. Well, you've been saying that for how long? Three years. Okay, yeah. so maybe there's a trend here, but go ahead. Yeah, I and mean, the Eagles haven't been healthy. Yes, and Wentz is a better quarterback than Hurts going forward, I believe. However, I do believe that Hurts is better than what we saw out of Wentz last year. But the question isn't, is Philadelphia better or not than last year? The question is, are they going to be better than the Giants? Are they going to be better than Washington? Are they going to be better in Dallas? Which of those teams would you want to bet heads up that they're better than? The Giants. All right, I'm going to think about making that bet. I'm going to think about making that bet. Colin had the Bills winning the AFC East. He had the Bucks winning the South, a lot of chalk. We're going to break that down a little bit. I love these early predictions. And as we talked about, you got to consider the cap. And one team that the cap means a ton for in their advantage, New England. Bill Belichick has a full pocket of money, and he's good bargain hunting hmm. veterans. For the men, men or mid-range veterans, he's excellent at that. Jonas is back tomorrow. We'll talk about it. All right, Fez, you can rest now. I don't want you paying any dues. You relax the rest of the week. Jonas is back. But next Monday, I, I enjoy this debate we're having. On Monday, we'll have to do some kind of crossfire with money on the line. Great show. We'll talk to you tomorrow. We gave you the straight out of Vegas odds. Next up, the odd couple.